Welcome to the Fast Casual QSR Web and Pizza Marketplace Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this latest edition of the QSR Web Podcast with me, QSR Web Editor Shelley Whitehead as your host. Now, as you restaurateurs listening already know, customers can be pretty picky when it comes to the food they want from you how they want it, and when and where they get it. More vexing for you is the fact that every one of your customers has a different answer to those needs and expects you to not only know what it is, but give it to them. So how in the world do you do all that? Well, that is exactly what we're here to talk about today with two individuals who have unqualified expertise in all things related to personalizing your communication and marketing with your customers in the digital discourse. My guests today include the CEO of customer app development company, Capri, Jeff Myers, and the CEO of marketing tech company, Personica, Andrew Feigenson. And they have both joined me now. Welcome to you all. Hello, Shelley. Thanks for having us. Great to have you here. Now, let's just start by having you kind of give us a quick rundown of Personica, Kepri, and this partnership you have. Yeah, great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having us. Um, I'll start with a little bit of a story. Uh, I, as, as you know, I joined uh, the restaurant industry last year in April, as I joke around that uh, I heard it was a great time to get in restaurants in April of 2020. Uh, and uh, <laughs> All joking aside, um, you know, I've spent uh, a good chunk of my last uh, couple of decades uh, at the intersection of marketing, data, and technology, and uh, fell in love with a company uh, which at the time was called Fishbowl. Uh, it was founded about 20 years ago, uh, and I think in the industry, a lot of people knew it as the company that was synonymous with the e-club. It was really the first email marketing platform. Um, when I got involved with the company, we saw uh, pretty clearly um, that there's a few things we wanted to do in terms of our own growth, some of which involved launching the ability to have loyalty programs and have a very robust CRM system. Uh, but more importantly than that, uh, we actually uh, forged a few partnerships uh, with companies like Olo, where we were able to start pulling in all sorts of transactional data into our platform, to the CRM database. What we realized really quickly was that, um, that the, the industry was going through this massive digital transformation uh, uh, in part, largely due to, to, accelerated largely due to the pandemic. And that if we looked at any other industry that went through similar types of, uh, tra of um, digital transformations, whether it uh, be media, or, uh, or retail, what you saw was tremendous amounts of personalization. And you can think of that as, as being the Netflix um, recommendation engine that tells you uh, recommendations on what to watch and gives you different creatives based on your habits. And what we realized was when we looked at the restaurant industry, uh, that was not uh, available yet. We recognized that was gonna be our true north was really bringing those highly personalized, engaging experiences uh, to guests uh, on behalf of restaurants. We rebranded ourselves as Personica and we set off on that, on that journey. Um, as a part of that journey, we recognized that the direct-to-consumer experience was not quite there yet. 
and we had already uh, had an existing relationship with Kepri, uh, which, uh, which had launched an incredible Dyn Engine platform. And together, we brought our products uh, to a place where our, our restaurants now can let guests do things like place orders with a bit of a, uh, what we think is an upgraded experience and ultimately becoming much more personalized, check the rewards, status of their loyalty programs, and all sorts of things like that. Um, our goal was to make it something that was relatively easy to get going and to maintain, uh, and that uh, that you know should a restaurant want to develop a more highly customized experience, they would be able to do that alongside us and alongside Capri. So we're very excited by the partnership and uh, where it's going to take the industry. Jeff, do you have anything to add to that? Oh yeah. So um, to kind of dovetail on what Andrew was saying, I mean we're we're, we're focused primarily on innovating for restaurant and hospitality brands. And we have been in business since 2008. And at the time, you know, we were pretty much everything to everyone. We, we, we worked on, you know, mobile apps for startup companies. We built web applications for fortune 500. And then about five years ago, after seeing food brands moving into a more aggressive approach um, in the technology curve, in essence, moving from being laggards to the early majority, to innovators, to early adopters, we felt that, you know, and we were having so much fun working in the space that we would pivot to only working with food and beverage and hospitality brands. And so um, we built um, a, uh, solutions, a solution called Dine Engine um, just recently that basically allows for restaurant brands to be able to manage their guest experience in a way that's very cohesive and has the capability to manage digital assets and content and all the things that kind of go into that. But besides our Dine Engine product, we, um, we, we basically focus on customer and guest experience. Um, a very custom experience across web, mobile, kiosk, all, all the digital channels in that space where they're, they're customer facing. We also build out um, and focus on staff and franchisee experiences. That's mobile POS, KDS, even internal intranets. We have a technology services area where we you know, do custom software development, like building out custom order throttling and things that might go into how a menu might be uh, basically addressing order flow. Uh, we do API integrations. So we do connect, merge, and manipulate third-party data sources like Olo, um, Olo's ordering API, and how that might interplay with Personica's loyalty API. And when Personica initially approached us as a customer to begin the process at looking at ways we can improve engagement by leveraging mobile for Personica's clients and their customers, we found that there's a really good synergy with our DynEngine product to, um, uh, uh, to be able to really leverage each other's expertise and to be able to provide a superior experience uh, for brands by connecting you know, direct consumer experiences you know, on, the, on the front end uh, to customers and Personica's data. So there just seemed to be a good fit there between both of us. Well, you know, from what you've told me, I guess you could say you all, the two of you definitely have street cred in this whole subject area. So I'm wondering, how do you all see personalized digital experiences impacting restaurant brand growth just going forward? 
Well, let, let me start by talking about the things that I think really matter to most of our restaurant clients, which is driving traffic and driving check size. And uh, I'll start with a real life example. Uh, when we started embarking on our journey through uh, personalization, uh, we did a project with one of our full service restaurant clients uh, who was looking to understand how to improve the way they were doing communications and offers. Uh, we started off with a segmentation for them around one of their annual uh, burger events. And we identified a set of uh, customers who had different ordering habits. We set up a series of campaigns associated to each of those. Uh, and we, alongside a, an ability to test and learn uh, with each, each of these things. This client had typically yielded a 4.6 ROI on their uh, typical campaign, which was already pretty good. Uh, using the segmentations and the testing approach, they actually hit a 59.3 average ROI across each of their campaigns, which is an amazing number. And, and along that, uh, you know, there, there was one, one, test, one of the test groups that actually hit 66 XROI. So pr pretty amazing. Uh, so the question is, how do you get there as a restaurant? And we have a, um, because this really opened our eyes to, to the, the really the power you can get out of, out of uh, personalization. Uh, we, we take what we call a 3D approach to it. Uh, and it starts with the data, understanding uh, where you can get it and how to use it. Uh, and that often takes the form of customer segmentations and informs creative. Uh, and then the second one is decisions, what you actually do with it. Those are things like uh, offers or, uh, or, or menu and pricing. Uh, some of it is automated. Some of it is, you know, uh, uh, in, involves people. And then the last piece is understanding where you distribute, which is actually your customer touch points. You put the three of those things together and you have some pretty powerful personalized digital experiences. Jeff, you got anything to add to that? Well, you know, 91% of consumers say they, they would, they're more likely to shop with brands that provide offers and recommendations that are relevant to them. Um, and so we also know that from our studies of return on investment, when brands invest in, in good gust experiences, whether it's moving away from their sort of white label platforms that they currently have and going into a more custom experience that really mirrors how the brand might engage with, with customers in store, for example, and matching at that in, in a digital way um, is, is one step, uh, as we've seen in the past, as being really the priority for brands. And then now, now we're moving more into this personalization uh, uh, position. So, um, you know, personalization is really crucial to getting a user to get through the checkout process faster so, you know, you, you, you know, a, a user really only has, uh, you know, you, they, they have, they're, they're making decisions very quickly. And so uh, we don't want to lose that user. I mean, in the e-commerce space, which a lot of where this personalization comes from, you know, if you, you know, if a user goes to your brand's uh, storefront, um, if they can't get recommendations quickly, they're, they're moving over to Amazon. They're going to Amazon and they're getting recommendations from Amazon. So the idea is to keep that user within the, the walls of your, of your digital property so that you can maintain that user. And that would be the same as you might look at it from as the difference between direct ordering and aggregated ordering through say someone like DoorDash or Uber Eats, where you're obviously paying a, a large uh, chunk of the pie to them. Uh, for each order. So the idea is to keep the user 
in the in the walled garden of your digital property and get them through the direct ordering experience quickly. So um, we know from moving into custom um, into the custom realm and to the more customized experience and the personalized experience, um, you can see you know three hundred to four hundred percent return on investments by doing that. We we have you know good case studies that support that from even you know four and five years ago. So personalization is really crucial to getting a fast checkout. And, and that's what customers really want. They want to be able to reorder quickly. They want to be able to earn and redeem rewards quickly and be able to access their points and be able to leverage redemptions through the checkout process. And we have a way where we can integrate the ordering, uh, the ordering you know, experience into even your marketing and brochure uh, website where your front door becomes the ordering experience where reordering is easily accessible, where your menus are easily accessible from your homepage. And so guests again are making decisions about your brand in a matter of microseconds. So we want to basically utilize in the case of our partnership with Personica, we want to be able to utilize loyalty and marketing data and, and really data about the guests themselves to really improve their experience and the benefit of that is increased order size through really good enhanced upsells and then and basically getting them again through the process quickly in the least amount of clicks possible. And that's so then that's really our main goal. Right. Can we stay with you for a second, Jeff, and maybe uh, have you tell us um, what you'd tell a brand that's interested in personalized marketing, like what you're talking about via their digital footprint but they don't really know where to start. Right, well, in, in our world, we basically build custom experiences and, and those experiences are, are really driven at first by what we think the guest or user wants. Okay, so we build a base platform so where we can begin the process of actually getting something out to market like a minimally viable product. The next step is to really start to collect user feedback so we can make and iterate around the user because the user, the guest, the customer, they're the ones who really are the most important centralized focus of anything that we would build. So the first thing is getting through that um, and making sure that it's understood by brands that the user wins the day, that, that the, the user is, is, is really who we need to be building our products and services around. Um, secondly, I would say that those user stories are going to guide us for how we customize the experience, but also potentially where, you know, in the experience that we might build out an upsell, where we might build out a personalized approach somewhere. And so software in its, in its, in its fine glory is an investment and it's an investment over time. It's not a menu you would print and you're stuck with it forever. We, we have to iterate um, over a, a multitude of versions, just like you get an update on your iPhone. We want to be able to provide and, and serve uh, guests in a way that that actually is, 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 again, coupled around them. And so being able to do that is really important for brands to understand that it is an investment over time that needs to be made. We have ways where we can get brands out there quickly 
get them up and running quickly with our relationship with Personica, the app we, we have called DynEngine will get them out into the market very quickly. And from there, we can start that process of iteration, which is really kind of nice to be able to do that right out of the gate and have a direct ordering experience, say with a partner like Olo is, for example, uh, uh, you know, spun up quickly, time to market is really important. So we can really kind of help there. And then also being able to to, to become an innovator, moving from that early adopter phase to early adoption and moving into that innovation, you know, uh, li- uh, phase of the life cycle that let you pilot and try different, um, you know, different digital channels like kiosk, for instance, being able to spin up a kiosk at one location, uh, see how it works, be able to get, again, guest and user feedback, and then iterate from there. So I would say that Again, the whole idea is to look at it from a standpoint as an as a as an investment, uh, and not necessarily as an expense, and and then we'll be able to kind of build around that idea and 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 get you up and running quickly, and and that's sort of the uh, sort of what I would say would be the summary of how we would you know uh, you know produce personalized marketing for for brands that want to do so. Do you have any advice as far as telling? Um, folks where to start with their personalized marketing via their digital footprint? Yeah, I I, I can jump in on that if you'd like. Um, So um, so, so digital, in general, digital technologies kicks off an amazing amount of data. Um, And in the last year, one of the core things that every restaurant really had to do to survive was to get their online ordering experience up and running. Um, So I would say a few things. One, between an online ordering experience that on its own will kick off a a fair amount of of data that can be used in personalized marketing. Uh, The second thing is uh, every group should have some form of ability for customers to sign up for a program, whether that's a simple communication program or whether it's a full loyalty program, the point being you're having people opting in to using data to create those personalized experiences. And then, uh, then on the back of that, you know, there's, there's a, depending on, you know, the, the, the group's uh, amount of resources, there's, you know, various levels of what they can actually do with that ranging from just simply, uh, you know, creating multiple views of, uh, of you know, communications with uh, automated journeys based on someone's ordering, you know, all the way to, uh, you know, creating kind of automated, uh, highly scalable, closer to one-on-one type marketing. So, but it starts really with getting the, uh, the right data in place and then understanding uh, how you're going to communicate or, or, or serve up things against people using that data. So then kind of stemming from that, what kinds of analytics can come from digital channels? Let me start by talking about data and then what you can do with it. Um, and uh, I think it was uh, Arthur Conan, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle who, who made the statement data, data, data. I can't make bricks without clay, right? As of course, referring to uh, Sherlock Holmes and his deductive uh, <laughs> reasoning, right? Um, really, we look at data in three ways. Uh, the first is declared data. So someone signs up for a program, whether it's an e-club or a loyalty program, and they volunteer certain type of data to you, things like their birthdays or, or their favorite dishes. 
Um, they typically declare more data if they think they're getting more benefits from it. So if they know they're going to get an offer on their birthday, they'll give you their birthday. The year typically isn't right, but their day is probably right. Um, so declare data. Observe data is what you get from observing, from looking at behaviors. So for example, when somebody makes an order, you'll see what they order, that's behavioral. Or uh, when they're on your app, using the app, and you look at uh, their path to purchase, that is behavioral or observed data, we call it observed data. The last one is what we call inferred. And that's really where you take your declared and observed data and you make more out of it. So for example, someone may say that they, um, you know, that they, uh, they live in a certain area and have, uh, have kids. And, uh, and then they, uh, you may look at their orders and see that they uh, you know, order uh, kids meals consistently on a Tuesday night. And what you could probably deduce from that is that, uh, that there's a family meal that's taking place on a Tuesday night regularly, right? So that would be what I call inferred data. So out of that, when you really have the right, um, the right data sources, there, there's a couple of uh, starting points for analytics. And the first one really is deeper customer segmentation. To get to personalization, uh, the reality of, of personalization is one-to-one -one is very difficult for most organizations. It requires a tremendous amount of resource, but getting a little bit better at customer segmentation already creates an immense amount of improvement. So the first thing we see with analytics is getting to that customer segmentation. The second big one is understanding what works and what doesn't work, because that allows you to test different uh, tactics and, and then tweak the tactics to get better and better at it. There's a lot more you can do with that, but I would really start there. Understand declared, observed, and inferred data and then use that for segmentations and for understanding what works and what doesn't work. Jeff, anything to add? Yeah, I, I, it kind of reminds me of a customer we worked with a long time ago. He said, the devil is in the data, right? And what I mean by that is, is there's, there's a lot of data out there and how you leverage that data can be can, can, in the determinations based on observing the data, all the things that Andrew mentioned. Um, can produce different results, right? So we want to make sure that uh, in the in what we're collecting, and then we collect the data. We may not even know what we we're going to do with it until much later, and 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 that's really important to first at least start collecting it. And through the experiences we build, we can actually collect data <clears throat> about guests and and their and their sort of click-throughs and their habits and the things they're doing online and store that data somewhere and marry it up to other data sources like Personica's API as an example. So um, we, we really look at, uh, you know, the way that data can help, a, you know, as we had mentioned in the personalization side, um, uh, kind of account for things like and, and, and collect data around things like menu item you know, views, for instance, how many eyeballs are getting on a specific uh, menu item. Um, and, you know, maybe even looking at, you know, is the image of that particular menu item really working and does it need to be swapped out with another one? There's things like abandoned carts um, and how, you know, we can trigger uh, a message based on, you know, hey, you still have a menu item in your cart. Um, you know, would you like to check out? I think Amazon does that really well because again, we're kind of taking cues from a lot of the e-com um, um, digital properties out there and sort of executing them in, you know, for food. <clears throat> and then there's 
you know, data around how, um, how effective are upsells. And so the ability to be able to, to leverage data in the first place by collecting it and then being able to report on it and do things with it to make informed decisions about how guests might be, uh, you know, relating to your digital property or channel is really important. Um, and so collecting it again is, is really important, but then there's also the third party uh, analytic tools like, you know, uh, as simple as Google analytics and, and uh, you know, Google tagging where we can tag specific uh, actions within our, within our front ends and many, many other analytic providers. And we're completely agnostic. We can leverage any of those providers in our platforms. Okay, let's maybe go a little bit bigger picture if we can and have you all give us an idea then how a great digital experience really plays into the overall marketing strategy for a restaurant. We did some fascinating research into exactly this topic a few months ago. What we did was we looked at customer sentiment around a set of brands during the pandemic. And what was really clear was that the brands which had a subpar digital experience uh, took hits to all of their major brand metrics because customers felt their digital apps and ordering experiences were an extension of that brand. So in other words, the message we took out of this was if a restaurant puts a lot of effort into making sure their on-premise is a great experience, their digital experience needs to live up to that same promise. Well, that puts it very succinctly, doesn't it? You know, and I'm wondering to both of you, Jeff and Andrew, if you can tell me where exactly you see the future of mobile data in the restaurant industry, and then how do you think that will impact how brands make decisions in the next year? Well, we see the restaurant industry very clearly moving in the same direction that we saw digital media and e-commerce go in that there will be great on-premise experiences, the stuff that's made restaurants, what that restaurant is, because it's a very, very uh, you know, personal experience in all cases when you go to a restaurant. However, we're going to see that complemented with the same type of uh, recommendation engines and um, and uh, uh, personalized marketing, and uh, b- both within own channels and for acquiring new customers that we've seen in in the other industries that went uh, very clearly digital over a longer period of time. Because as we mentioned before, this last year has really propelled the restaurant industry into a digital environment at an extremely quick pace. Right. I'd like to. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to kind of second that. I mean, technology decisions really went from like to have to must have in a blink of an eye. Um, so what we're seeing are brands are moving from, again, being early adopters, trying new technologies out. Now they have to have to innovate or or, or you know, basically they're they're going to they're going to have issues. So um, we 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 see that, you know, by investing in these in these areas, where it's becoming highly competitive, um, other brands are doing it. You have to sort of look at these options as being the answer for a lot of things, and the laggards are gone, or they will be gone. So we're, we we see again a lot of investment in improved customer engagement, uh, feedback, 
personalization, and, and these are the new requirements for raving fans. And so what we want to do is leverage data science. Um, we see the future in a lot of machine learning for you know, dynamic upsells, suggestions based on things like uh, time of day. I mean, we're looking at building out a feature right now to access weather data so we can actually serve up menu items based on what the temperature is outside or what the weather is like and actually run that through a machine learning algorithm that actually calculates what other customers are buying during these times of the day and, and during these weather scenarios and uh, even customization around specific things like flavor profiles. So we would say personalized ordering experiences obviously reduce friction across the board, but what we're really after is giving the guests what they want, when they want it, and, and creating raving fans in the process. Wow, it's fascinating. And it seems to, it's like a pulling a piece of thread in a, on a sweater just keeps, you know, the potential just keeps on revealing itself. Um, I, I wanna thank you both for your time and expertise here today. My guests today have been Kepri CEO, Jeff Myers, and Personica CEO, Andrew Feigenson. And where can people contact you all if, like, those listening have a few unanswered questions they want to shoot your way? Where can they reach you, Andrew? Well, we, uh, we uh, creatively uh, learned from our friends at Kepri, and uh, people can reach us at hello at personica.com. And again, thanks to Kepri for teaching us that trick. <laughs> well, I'll second that and I'll say that we're at hello at Kepri.com and that's C-H-E-P-R-I. And you can also reach us obviously at, at uh, www.kepri.com. All right. Well, playing off of that, it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> thank you both. And thank you to everybody listening. And please have a great day with Lots of great business. Bye now.